0: Greetings everyone and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host Vinny When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're almost done with week 12. Not quite. We still have a Wednesday game there. Hopefully that'll still be going on after we recorded the show and no changes there. But the Ravens and Steelers, so you might still have some fantasy football matchups in the balance here. But we still have to move on a little bit to week 13. We'll do our look at the waiver wire today. It's Pickup Tuesday. This is what we always do here on Lockdown Fantasy Football on the second weekday of the week. So we'll break down the targets you want to look at on the waiver wire with your free agent acquisition budget. Before we dive into that, we'll break down what we saw on Monday Night Football, the most important takeaways from the Seahawks-Eagles game. Not exactly... A high-scoring affair, but some notable things happening in fantasy there for sure. So we'll break that down for you. Then we'll look at the running backs and defenses you want to look at, as well as uh, the wide receivers and tight ends. And uh, we'll attach quarterbacks into our first segment as well here. So we'll get into that in in a moment. But first, I got to tell you, this football season will be different. Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. For me... I'm at home. I'm not in the office. I'm not in a sports bar. i got my uh, cold beverage next to me, and that's always a Pepsi. Because Pepsi's a freshman. You need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. All right, so let's uh, get in here to uh, what we're looking at from Monday Night Football. This one... Uh, Wild finish here that the Eagles made it cosmetically better, 23-17. The spread was 6.5 Seahawks and uh, well under the total here of nearly 47 and all that. But again, the Eagles get a late Hail Mary touchdown plus a two-point conversion to cover that spread of the back end. So hopefully you're on the right side of that one if you're looking at it from a gambling perspective. But let's look at it from a fantasy football perspective. Let's start with the road team, the winning team, the Seahawks. They put up 23 points. Russell Wilson, a very uh, quiet game by his standards. 230 and one The Eagles defense actually played pretty well. They did allow a big game to DK Metcalf. 10 catches, 177 yards on 13 targets. But otherwise, everyone else in the passing game was very quiet. The touchdown went to David Moore here. Only had three targets for minus six yards and a short touchdown there from Wilson. So it could have been a touchdown-less day for Wilson, but... He ends up with one here, so not one of his better games. Only 12 yards rushing. The Eagles defense did come to play. You figure they would, and they definitely uh, did that in this game. Now, in the backfield, Chris Carson, only eight carries in his return, but he made them count with 41 yards and a touchdown. He also had two catches for 18 yards. So, yeah, it's an RB2, easing him in. You'll take that. Carlos Hyde tried to do better. He had a touchdown call back here. Spelling Carson, but 17 touches for him for 29. So you figure Carson's going to get more when it's 17-10. to Hyde over Carson getting touches. They eased him into this one on a Monday night. Maybe looking forward to the Giants game. Short week ahead here. So Carson, however, gets in the end zone. Good return for him here. If you popped him back and you waited in the lineup uh, for him, rewarded Metcalf certainly rewarded you. Tough outing for Tyler Lockett, however. He's had a lot of these games where... Metcalf can disappear too, but Metcalf is a little bit more consistent. He now leads the league in receiving yards. No touchdowns, unfortunately, for Metcalf, but you will take 10 for 177 anytime. So it was basically the Metcalf versus Darius show. not much else going on other than Carson finding the end zone and Wilson with a short pass here as well. But Wilson will have a better one. They do face a tough defense again from the NFC East on a short week. The Giants come into Seattle, so... May not be big, monstrous numbers. Uh, you got James Bradbury, another tough matchup on the outside for Metcalf. We'll see what he does with that. But he destroyed this one against Darius Slay here. So, could be a locket game next week. The Giants don't have a lot of depth in the secondary slot. The Giants are pretty decent run defense. So, we'll see. But Carson going to get it done with uh, better volume, you would assume, over Hyde uh, now that he's... Uh, Kind of eased back in with that foot injury. Now let's look at the Eagles. Now, when you look at Carson Wentz's day, it was pretty awful. He had an interception in the red zone. He had that hail mary over that changed the game of what he was doing here. The net results were two fifteen and two plus forty two yards rushing, which led the team here. Now Dallas Goddard looked great again. He's basically using the tight ends at a high level. Goddard seven for seventy five on ten targets and a touchdown, so he was all over that. Seahawks couldn't cover him, and Richard Rodgers gets in the end zone on that Hail Mary, that 33-yard pass, three for 53, and score scored six targets. So forget Travis Fulgham, forget Al- Alshon Jeffrey, forget Jalen Rieger. They've gone back into this two-tight end arrangement to try to help Carson Wentz put up numbers. We know it worked a lot last year when uh, Zach Ertz was hurting. They used a lot of Ertz and Goddard. Now they're using Goddard and Rodgers with Ertz out of the lineup. So Rodgers' value... It's been pretty nice here, but it could be short-lived here because of Ertz potentially returning here in the next game against the Packers. So we'll watch that. But Goddard's value is not going to go away. He's the leading guy right now. The tight ends have really killed the wide receivers here. And Rieger only seven targets here to lead all receivers, but only three catches for 11. Fulgham two for 16. So he's not playable. He's not even rosterable. And uh, Alshon Jeffrey somehow playing ahead of Travis Fulgham, which is also a bad personnel decision. By the Eagles. So very strange. Fulgham was on fire. They went away from him. They just are pretty much locked into this 2 tight and set. The other disappointment in this game absolutely is Miles Sanders. What has happened to Miles Sanders? Well, this offense has dragged him down. Because this is actually a good running team. Tough matchup. They actually had 14 carries for 70 yards. I know 42 of that was Wentz. But criminally, they did not give the ball to Miles Sanders enough with their offense struggling. So it's only 8 touches for 22 yards, folks. And unfortunately, he doesn't even get the garbage receiving later. That was Boston Scott, who had the five catches for 40 late in the game on six targets. So, again, Miles Sanders, he's got to get going. This Packers matchup would say yes, that's a great spot for him to get going because the Packers, uh, we know, have struggled against running backs in every which way. A little bit of help for Boston Scott. Also, the Packers can't cover backs either. So, I think Sanders is going to have a big rebound spot, but it's a little help here if you needed a win from Sanders in a big game. Jim, that certainly was not on the cards, but Wentz, their schedule's rather favorable. There could be some shootouts here. I had Packers and Saints coming up here for the Eagles, so watch out for them uh, being a little bit more efficient offensively. I think they're going to have to, as now they're the third-place team desperate in the NFC East with their awful 3-7-1 and and record. All right, let's uh, flip to quarterbacks you can target on the waiver wire. First, we'll start their transition from uh, Wentz. And Wilson, if Wentz is out there, I think he's not a bad guy to target here because of the schedule and uh, the numbers. Still, that's all you're looking for. You don't care about the reality results in fantasy, just what the numbers add up to. And uh, Wentz taking off and running a little bit more helps. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick we can look at. Uh, We don't know how bad the thumb injury for Tua Tagvola is, but it could be pretty bad here. So I would expect Ryan Fitzpatrick will start another revenge game. It seems like every week is a revenge game, but they are playing the Bengals this week at home. So great spot here for Ryan Fitzpatrick to be pretty solid. Hit that 215-2 threshold. Then they get a good matchup after that with the Chiefs. So that should be some high scoring there. Then the Patriots at home and the Raiders on the road. So let's watch Tua very carefully in this one. I don't think you're interested as interested in Tua – But if Fitzpatrick is in there against the Bengals, you feel really good about that. The veteran presence, getting the ball to the main playmakers here. So, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a little bit of streaming value here. Just hard to know if he's going to be healthy and going to be trusted as a starter, regardless of Tua status here down the stretch as the Dolphins try to secure their wildcard playoff spot in the AFC. Now, Phillip Rivers, it was a grind. He didn't play all that well, but got it going with over 300 yards and the two scores there against the Titans last week. They get the Texans this week, so good stuff. They get the Texans actually in week 13 and week 15. In between is the Raiders, so pretty good matchup. The hard one to to trust there is the Pittsburgh game in week 16, so Phillip Rivers probably now owned in most leagues as a QB2 with his upside and his hot stretch here. They could also run and go nuts on Houston as well, so that uh, limits is maybe his ceiling here. They are a very good running team, and the Raiders in between, as well as the Texans, not very good against the run. So that could uh, hurt uh, maybe Rivers' upside in these games. But again, they also could be high-scoring with Deshaun Watson and Derek Carr on the other side. So not bad to look at Philip Rivers. Am I excited about it? No. Can he just turn around and have an awful game? Yes. And they also get the Steelers on the road in Week 16. So not a guy that you're going to be putting in your championship lineups here is Phillip Rivers. Now, If uh, Ryan Tannehill's out there, you can go after him. I doubt he's going to be available in a lot of leagues. He's a high-end backup, but certainly he has a good matchup here against the Browns this week, then the Jaguars, Lions, and Packers. So Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, I think they're the more owned options there out there, but Fitzpatrick and Rivers, lesser owned. Now, Baker Mayfield, you can also take a look at. He gets the Titans here. I think you could play him this week. I think you could also look at him in Week 16, but I don't like the two matchups there in between the Ravens there in week 14, and the Giants on the road there in week 15. So, again, the low volume is there. This week, I don't think there can be low volume with this matchup with uh, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry on the other side. So, could uh, squeeze out some more good value from Mayfield after a good game against the Jaguars last week. Now, the Cowboys, Andy Dalton had a rough outing against Washington, coming off a solid one with three TDs against the Vikings. They get the Ravens. We'll see how healthy that defense is. But then it's the 49... 49- 49ers in week 15. Before that, the Bengals on the road in week 14. So not bad, and he's got some good weapons there to look at. If you're hurting a quarterback, those are the ways to go here. And Tannehill and Wentz, if they're out there first in your shallow leagues, you can look there. But then Fitzpatrick Rivers, Mayfield, and Dalton certainly have some value here as well. All right, we still have to get to the running backs, defenses, wide receivers, and tight ends you want to target on the waiver wire, but First, I got to tell you more about Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment over bearing sports parents, fewer than 1%, of 1%, of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. I'm always excited to watch uh, football all day on Sunday, part of my job, lucky to know that. A day job for sporting news, uh, looking at all the stuff here for lockdown fantasy football. And I want uh, something that's going to be cool and reliable and give me that little jolt I need to throw out uh, game day. And Pepsi's refreshment, I go to, And Pepsi's refreshment, you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. We'll be right back here to break down uh, running backs and defenses for waiver wire work here on week 13. All right, uh, let's continue breaking down here with your waiver wire targets. We got through the quarterback, still have uh, four more positions to get through. Before we do that, programming reminder here we know uh, it's Wednesday tomorrow, so we'll still go through the matchup Wednesday. I know we still have one more game left in week 12 between the Ravens and Steelers, but. We'll go ahead and uh, turn the page there and start breaking down the first half of games. We know the Ravens and Steelers will be on the back half, so we'll break down their games of week 13 on Thursday. But we'll take the first half of the games there and uh, take the back half there for you on Thursday. So matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday, double shot of game analysis, uh, previews, predictions there. And then uh, we'll turn our attention to lineup Friday to close the week, as we always do on Lockdown Fantasy Football during the season, looking at the DFS takes there on the DraftKings FanDuel main slates there across positions, the values need to target there. So we do this every week on Lockdown Fantasy Football during the season, in-depth breakdown everything we see on the field. Now let's uh, turn to the running backs you want to look at on the waiver wire this week you got to start with uh, Cam Akers here of the Rams. Now, Cam Akers has been one of those guys that have been tossed around on the waiver wire. We've been not sure. Then you've seen Daryl Henderson toggle in there and Malcolm Brown, but this really looks like the Akers' takeover, so to speak. There was something about that game against the 49ers. I know they lost it, but he had the best burst, and they were trying to run the ball. Jared Goff is struggling a little bit. Henderson is showing some limitations here. Not being able to run as well. Malcolm Brown has always been just a guy, a guy that they relied on because he's a veteran and can block, pass block, and do all those little things. But Cam Akers is the real talent of this backfield. I mean, he clearly is the most talented all-round back. He can do everything Brown can do, he can do everything Henderson can do. They have to give this kid more touches. I know Sean McVay has been tight about it and wants to keep it a three-man committee, but the more and more you look at Akers, the more that it should scream to McVeigh that he needs to touch the ball more. They need a spark in their offense. It's been up and down here. They're winning a lot with defense here. They're going to have to rev it up with the Cardinals this week. So Cam Akers certainly hold on to him. I think he's a guy that you could maybe plug and play here as a flex or, I mean, RB2 in deeper leagues and hope for the best. But I think you're going to get it here pretty soon. Now Frank Gore by default is the lead back for the Jets and good matchup this week against the Raiders. He could uh, get a touchdown for sure, but another probably good, solid RB2 game here with his work in the passing game as well. Let's watch Josh Jacobs and the ankle on the other side of that game for the Raiders. Uh, they say he'll be fine and play, but he came out of the game there late. You can see a little bit more Devontae Booker, and he's a high-end backup, especially playing the Jets, high-volume Raiders running team, so Devontae Booker, someone to look at for sure, and you definitely should have him behind Josh Jacobs anyway if you're an investor there. Now, Surprised us a little bit in the middle and late of the week that Todd Gurley was going to miss the game there against the Raiders last week. And of course, we all went to Brian Hill, but Ido Smith was the guy. He scored the touchdown. He was involved in the passing game. This tends to happen quite a bit with teams and how they choose running backs here, and Sometimes a the guy they like as a backup is a change of pace, but when they actually have to give him fifteen touches and get him in the game more, they don't like him in that role and he stays the backup. And Edo Smith I think has more qualities of Todd Gurley and I think they also like one back there as much as possible with Brian Hill kind of just filling in and getting a few touches behind. So Edo Smith, if Todd Gurley misses another game, Ito is gonna be the guy that you look at. It is a much tougher matchup this week, however, against the Saints at home. So keep that in mind. But Smith could get some work in the passing game, some checkdowns again. We'll see if Julio Jones is in there. That would uh, increase the checkdowns if he's not playing another game with the hamstring injury. So let's watch that for sure. But Ito Smith certainly has a lot more appeal when Gurley's out with uh, the Falcons than Hill does at this point. Let's watch uh, Jonathan Taylor. He had the COVID test there positive. We're not sure if he has to miss the game as well this week against the Texans, but it's a great matchup. We saw what Jordan Wilkins did last week. It was limited, but Naeem Hines had his two big games against the Titans. That's about it. But Wilkins seems like the more type of back they can in the Texans. They're weak against power runners. We saw what Adrian Peterson did to them last week. So if Taylor misses another game, Jordan Wilkins feels like a pretty solid plug-and-play against this awful Texans run defense in Week 13. Now Joshua Kelly... What we saw with uh, Kelly is that they went back to what we started from, where Justin Jackson got hurt in week one. You had Austin Eckler healthy, and Kelly was the power kind of change of pace compliment here. They are playing the Patriots this week. The Patriots have been up and down against the power run this season. They did allow a couple short touchdowns to Kenyon Drake last week, and Kelly did score one of those against the Bills. So someone to look at for sure to have some value here for you. I don't think the volume is still going to be pretty big. We saw them not really ease in Austin Eckler. He was right away going 15, 20 touches there. So, and the Patriots will probably try to take away one element. Could it be Keenan Allen? Could it be Eckler's receiving? Something's going to be limited here. But again, the Patriots have been more vulnerable. They did get Lawrence Guy back to help their defensive front against the run. But again, that didn't stop Drake from Scoring twice, Kelly's still more touchdown dependent uh, there for his value. Now, looking at uh, DeAndre Washington, he was the latest Dolphins back. Remember how we started this? It was Matt Breida and Jordan Howard. Then Breida went down. Miles Gaskin was the guy immediately there uh, to start the season. And then Jordan Howard was released. And they had Salvan Ahmed come in. And Ahmed got hurt. And... We thought, okay, they're going back to Brita, and now was DeAndre Washington, the former Raider, getting the touches for the Dolphins. We'll see. Miles Gaskin could be activated this week, so that would obviously squash Washington's value. Maybe it helps a little bit that you have a later waiver date with uh, the Wednesday game, so that uh, helps you uh, consider a little bit more and see what happens to the Dolphins' backfield. If Ahmed comes back, what's happening with Gaskin, how much they touch Brita, but clearly they don't want to give Brita a, a big role, and that's what we see. He's like the Brian Hill they see him as a backup, nothing more than that on this team. The next pickup that you have to look at is Royce Freeman. I know he was gonna maybe see some emergency quarterback snaps there with Kendall Hinton in that disastrous quarterbackless game for the Broncos against the Saints, but didn't happen that way. He was their leading rusher, however, in that game. Looked pretty good. And Phil Lindsay has a knee injury issue. So Philip Lindsay has seemed to have had multiple issues with injuries, seems to come back and play pretty quickly here. But again, I don't see how they like Melvin Gordon being so all that effective here. They gotta keep running the ball. It's a Chiefs this week, so it's not the greatest matchup for the Broncos to put up uh, too many points. But again, Royce Freeman you have to look at here because it's still run heavy team. Gordon's ineffective and Lindsey's banged up. Freeman deserves a little bit more of the shot down the stretch here with the Broncos clearly out of the playoff chase with the way their team is playing. All right, looking at defenses, the number one you have to look at is the Raiders. They're playing the Jets. It's on the road, so it's not as thrilling of a matchup to go after. And the Raiders' defense is not exactly a world beater and making a lot of big plays. But they do have Max Crosby there to disrupt things up front. They're not a great pass rushing team, but they have Jonathan Abram. Their young corners could be exploited a little bit by the Jets. So there is a little concern there. But the Jets are consistently the team you can trust most for pretty solid uh floor of streaming value for defense. The Raiders should be widely available with their defensive woes this season. The Chiefs certainly could be available as people may have avoided their matchups there that were high scoring in the last two weeks and against the Raiders and the Bucks. They do get the Broncos and uh, limping in to Arrowhead Stadium this week, so... Chiefs, I do like a little bit more than the Raiders, but Raiders probably a little bit more availability. The Vikings uh, probably got some ownership last week for that Panthers matchup. Turns out the Panthers are the ones who had the big day scoring on two fumble recovery touchdowns there against the Vikings. But the Vikings do get the Jaguars at home. The Browns were pretty decent, not spectacular in that matchup. Mike Lennon still was able to move the ball. But I think the Vikings at home, desperate. They had the win last week. They actually played pretty good defense because they didn't really allow much there against Teddy Bridgewater and company. So Vikings at home, you like them against the Jaguars here. Seahawks are at home, and they probably get Colt McCoy. Like, if it was Daniel Jones, and I know the numbers say the Giants have been given a lot, but Daniel Jones has been better. They've been running the ball better, all that stuff. But Colt McCoy is a different story. Colt McCoy on the road. In Seattle, making that start uh, versus the hamstring, Daniel Jones. Then all of a sudden, the Seahawks are back in business. Solid performance, uh, getting after the quarterback against the Eagles. So two straight uh, games, this uh, Seahawks defense has shown up. Not big numbers for fantasy yet, because they don't get a lot of takeaways. But the pressure is building up. You know, Colt McCoy is not the greatest uh, protector of the ball here. So again, Seahawks at home in that slot. I do like them this week. And the Packers, a big game against the Bears to get that defensive touchdown, made uh, Mitchell Trubisky's life miserable. They're kind of hit or miss. They do get Carson Wentz at home this week, so at least some baseline for sacks and some turnovers there for the Packers here with Aaron Rodgers and their offense humming this week. So there you have a look at running backs and defenses. We still have to look at uh, wide receivers and tight ends to break down here on the waiver wire. But... Before we do that, i got to tell you about Built Go. Built Go is the solution to breaking through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. Built Go is easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation over Zoom ever. Your golf bag to power through the back nine, energy. You can just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Bilko comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, coconut, chocolate, and chocolate mint. And how does Bilko work so well? Well, Bilco combines energy gel with collagen protein, fast-absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on my stomach. is loaded with good stuff to ignite my workday, beta-alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine. Then Bilko keeps me going strong with 10,000% of my daily intake of B6, B12. With collagen, you're getting something that promotes joint soft tissue Soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. It's easy to get in on BuiltGo right now. Visit Bilco.com, and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK for 20% off of BuiltGo.com. BuiltGo, let's go. We'll be right back here to uh, close the show looking at the wide receivers and tight ends to pick up on the waiver wire here in week number 13. All right, so let's uh, pick up where we left off here and uh, take care of uh, your waiver wire needs. Uh, finish doing that here. Again, programming reminder, matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday, breaking down all Week 13's games coming up here in the next two shows. And don't forget to check out all the great shows here on the Locked On Network. One of them is Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian Mack give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news inside and every game, team moving around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Let's uh, continue here with this podcast here, Locked On Fantasy Football. Wide receivers. Now, this is probably the last call for Brashad Perryman. He's really legitimately here. He's playing. He's healthy. They did go get him to be Robbie Anderson. He's kind of being the Robbie Anderson late season type receiver for the Jets here. So, it doesn't matter. Produced with Joe Flacco. Produced with Sam Darnold. Perryman's the outside guy. He's taking over. He's the main guy that they want to get the ball to over Jamison Crowder. So, Crowder's value really going down. Perryman's continues to go up here. So, last call. Probably to pick him up as a wide receiver. Three. T.Y. Hilton has a little bit more juice now. He does get the Texans this week. A pretty good matchup there on the road. He got the big play there for Phillip Rivers. We haven't seen that all season. It's kind of a... Well, Jarvis Landry and T.Y. Hilton have done nothing and then all of a sudden came alive in week 12. So Hilton is there. It was still Michael Pittman Jr., however, being the most targeted guy. So temporary expectations for Hilton. But he has big play potential now against his Texan secondary, which is now without Bradley Roby here for the rest of the season. Now... With the Raiders, uh, you can look at two options here Henry Ruggs III and Hunter Renfro, the HR department here. Uh, I know Nelson Aguilar has been the steady producer here, but Ruggs, the upside, maybe they want to unleash it a little bit more. They do get the Jets this week. Hunter Renfro, that gives them some value as a back end wide receiver thing in some PPR leagues. Ruggs is more of a deep bench threat at this point, but yeah, the Raiders have to throw to these guys more. It's hard to trust anyone behind. Darren Waller in the passing game. Aguilar is as consistent as it gets, but Ruggs and Renfro certainly could have some opportunities this week to make some big plays against the Jets. Jalen Rieger continues to get the top wide receiver targets. It doesn't mean too much from Carson Wentz. He could see a little bit of Jair Alexander. Then again, he might not and be open uh, this week against the Packers. So again, Rieger, the rookie, has to still keep getting targets. Not high upside, not someone who would start right away, but a good bench stash here. Now, Kiki Kuti suddenly has a lot of value for the Texans. Why? Will Fuller got suspended here for PD, so he's out for the rest of the year. We know Randall Cobb is already banged up with the toe injury. We know Kenny Stills is no longer a thing in Houston; he's gone. So Kiki Kuti would be the next man up after Brandon Cooks. So and Brandon Cooks is going to slide into a wide receiver one-type role. But there are some opportunities there for Kiki QT. Jordan Aikens there to connect with Deshaun Watson. So, Q T, this is the best opportunity to show the Texans he belongs with the new regime and should still be a part of this uh, passing game. So, good opportunity here, but no Fuller. Of course, a little downgrade for Watson, but again, Cooks can pick up where he left off and with a little bit of an upgrade, Q T is going to be more involved all over the field, inside and outside there, without Fuller and Cobb and Stills for the Texans. Now, you can also look at Gabriel Davis, the rookie there from UCF for the Bills, uh, John Brown, He's going to be out here for a while with an ankle injury. He was clearly a key targeted player there. Opposite, uh, Stefan Diggs last week scored a touchdown. He was the most effective receiver. He's, they're going to throw to him more than Cole Beasley. They want to get the ball downfield. It is the 49ers this week. They did return Richard Sherman. and That certainly helped them a little bit on the outside last week. But getting that uh, number two Kind of slot here behind Diggs could help Gabriel Davis on the outside get some targets here. So, someone to look at. Not too exciting, big play dependent, touchdown dependent, but someone to look at. Now, where do you go with the Jaguars? We could see uh, DJ Chark miss another game. We could see Chris Conley miss another game. Laviska Shenault we thought was going to be a bigger factor, but a little bit of Keelan Cole, a little bit of Cheneau but Colin Johnson seemed to have a nice connection there with Mike Lennon. So, something to look at. If Johnson gets it done here against the Vikings this week, you can look there. I don't know if he's startable. Yet in leagues, but someone certainly going to get on the radar here as a young receiver with certainly some uh, talent here. Played with uh, Devin Duverday down in Texas as the big target type guy. Now, on the other side of Paramin, of Denzel Mims. He's put together a couple solid games. Nothing to look at yet for the rookie from Baylor there, but someone that uh, we can look at promise a little bit for 2021. But, you know, more of a bench stash here if you're looking at it in a deeper league. Does Bryant, I know people have been... Uh, Interested in some Ravens receivers stepping up You have this uh, game this week, we'll see We'll get a little bit of an audition to see what he does There with all the issues They have no Mark Andrews, no Willie Sneed Will he step up and uh, make some plays Here with Marquise Brown struggling for uh, Now Robert Griffin third In this game, so we'll get a lot But he is on the active roster He is a veteran, he can catch touchdowns So something to watch here And Des Bryant once we know was a good fantasy football Asset at wide receiver now, let's turn to tight ends here. Logan Thomas, probably the last call for him. He's locked in and playing really well with Alex Smith. Had the touchdown pass last week against the Cowboys. So, good matchup here uh, to uh, get going with the Steelers, and they'll throw a lot underneath there. Thomas, but certainly he's a go-to guy after uh, Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick out of the backfield. Now, Trey Burton again. The Colts pass catchers have been hard to read. I know they have a tight end by committee there, but Burton... Has been their best. He gets involved the most. And so I think this offense slowly leaning towards a Hilton, Pittman, Burton type of deal with everyone else kind of thrown in there a little bit. But Trey Burton has been the best overall. I know Molly Cox had his time. Jack Doyle's had some moments as well. But clearly Philip Rivers likes Trey Burton. We know Frank Reich likes him from the Eagles days. And he's clearly uh, the guy that they trust most at tight end. Here they're playing the Texans. A favorable matchup this week. A big game just allowed to one T.J. Hawkinson in Detroit last week. Now now we'll look at Irv Smith Jr. has a growing injury and uh, kept him out of action again. So he's missed two out of the last three games with this injury. Maybe a reason to shut him down. The Vikings still in the playoff hunt, but you want to be careful with this uh, second-year tight end. There's a lot of promise. Kyle Rudolph has come on, been a key target here. I know last week it was helped by Adam Thielen not being lined up, but B.C. Johnson kind of seamlessly... Went into what Adam Thielen was doing, and then there was independent production behind Jefferson and Johnson for Rudolph. So Rudolph is really the third target, no matter what. However, you slice it, when you look at this uh, offense, when they're getting it away from Dalvin Cook, so you'd say Thielen is number one, Jefferson is number two, or pretty equal. They're really kind of co-number ones there. But then you look at uh, who else is going to be involved to cut Rudolph. So sometimes it's hard to trust. A tight end for the Vikings because they have two and they split them and they use the two tight end sets still quite a bit. But when uh, Smith is not in there, all the passing work seems to go to Rudolph. And always a threat to score a touchdown and a great matchup this week. doesn't get better than this against the Jaguars this week. So there you have it. There's now a look at uh, all the free agent and waiver wire targets here for week 13. Again, Broke down Monday Night Football. Don't uh, forget, uh, we have to wait until Thursday to break down this Wednesday game. So tomorrow we'll focus slowly on the matchups there, the first half there, not talk anything Raven-Steelers uh, for Week 12 or Week 13 on tomorrow's show. So we'll break down those games for you. We'll do the first seven tomorrow, and then we'll do the back eight there with uh, two teams on by the Bucks and Panthers here in Week Number 13. So... We're off and rolling here, making the transition, handing off from Week 12 to Week 13. That's Lockdown Fantasy Football for you. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Mini Iyer. Now tell your smart speaker to play Peacock and Williamson. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.